Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. If you like a determiner, Family Pet Ancestry, if you like that old joke. Yes, because it just goes to JackieCation.com. Let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg composed and sang that song you just heard. He sang it with his wife, Sarah Cohen. He will sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio, and Vilmos fixes the website, JackieCation.com. On the websites, there are many ways to support the show. You can get merch, T-shirts, CDs, a DVD, and um, hoodies. I have some hoodies in stock. The T-shirts are all union-made here in the United States. There's Ranger of the Dork Forest T-shirts. There's Logo T-shirts. And there's two stand-up T-shirts, Spooky Reading Girl and the Meat Shield T-shirt. The Meat Shield T-shirt is a charity T-shirt. All the benefits of that go to Black Lives Matter, the ACLU, and Southern Law Poverty Center. So if you order that shirt, know that I don't make any money on it. That just goes to a charity. And um, the new album, I Am Not the Hero of This Story, is available, like all the other albums and the CD, uh, hard copies on the merch page on JackieCation.com. You could also get everything digitally, and you can get my DVD streaming at ComedyFilmNerds.com. The Dork Forest is under the umbrella of allthingscomedy.com, which is a podcast network with Al Madrigal and Bill Burr, and they have a lot of different podcasts over at allthingscomedy.com if you want to listen to those. You can review the show on iTunes, and that supposedly does some good works. If you just want to donate to the show, there's a PayPal button. My Venmo is available. You can email me to ask me anything you'd like, Jackie at JackieCation.com. The PayPal has a new feature where you can donate monthly. Because someone just did. It's amazing. I recommend 10 bucks a month. That's what I recommend. Uh, but that's because I'm me and I would receive that $10. Uh, I use it wisely on audio cables for live shows and I occasionally pay a bill with it. So if you would like to support the show, just hit the PayPal button. If you don't have any money and you don't want any merch, you can do a passive way of helping out the show by using the Amazon banner. The Amazon banner and the Amazon link are on dorkforest.com and jackiecation.com. They just take you to the Amazon page. You order like normal, doesn't cost you extra, and good things, good times are had. Any other than that, you also on jackiecation.com, you can check out where I'm going to be doing stand-up comedy. It's February, so I'm doing Minnesota, Acme, my home club. I'm Valentine's Day. I'm in San Francisco at Cobbs, and... Then I'm going on a Joko cruise, nerd cruise, dork cruise, geek cruise with Jonathan Colton and his friends to Mexico. Joko cruise. That'll be super fun. I'm sure I'm missing out on something. Probably the premium episodes on Bandcamp and some other information. But let's get into the show. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room, you guys. Uh, and I'm with Virginia Jones. Hello. Hello and welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Virginia Jones is a great stand-up comic, and you should find her. And uh, here's this thing about uh, finding her. It's her <laughs> – I swear to God, it's like a baby. It's like you had a niece who mm -hmm. couldn't pronounce your name, mm -hmm. and you said, uh, this should be your Twitter handle. And I except so for that, maybe ago. you were your own baby because you've had the the website since 96. Mm -hmm. And you are a, a much younger woman than myself. At least half an hour younger. Exactly. Bedinia Dones. Bedinia Dones. B as in boy. A-D as in David. I-N-I-A. D as in David. O-N as in Nancy. E-S. Bedinia Dones. Virginia Jones. You can just Google me. You could just Google Virginia Jones, and there will be a link in the notes. So good news. Uh, Bedinia.com and uh, stand-up comedy. She does it. She talks out of her mouth with the funny. Huzzah. You are a labyrinth dork, which is a movie that Andy loves, and he's made me watch once. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, dorkdom in there. Where did you see it first? What happened? How? What brought okay. it into your life? Uh, my first exposure to anything labyrinth related was <laughs> being a child who read Star Hits magazine. Star Hits. Star Hits magazine. It was a British music magazine. A lot of Cure, a lot of Susie, a lot of weird stuff in the eighties, and. 
Wow. Yeah. Who got you that subscription? What happened there? Was it at the library? How did I find Star Hits Magazine? That goes deep. And um, I picked it up somewhere just from another goth. And uh, they had yeah. they had promo photos of David Bowie yeah. in the film. And, and it's pronounced Bowie, is it? Well. <laughs> I have always said Bowie. It's Bowie. It's Bowie. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, they had photo, photos of, of, of him from the, from the it's Labyrinth film. It's his name. Film. I'll pronounce it. Yeah, no, yeah. Is, Bowie, Bowie Knife. Okay. That's what he's named for is Bowie. You got it. Um, Ricky Gervais says Bowie, and then I thought that's funny. <laughs> uh, and then I just You're started. You're not wrong. You're and not I just wrong. started doing it. Okay. Uh, I probably owe him money, but I'm not going to pay anything. No, no, he's fine. He's not he's looking check to check. He's, he's okay. He's good. Um, so they had promo shots from Labyrinth, and my first impulse was, well, well, David's done a lot of looks, and now it's uh, sexed up, sex mother, like the hair and like the weird eye makeup, and I'm like, I really didn't know what to think of it. I don't think I saw Labyrinth until I was in college, and I fell in with. Uh, the wrong crowd. A, the wrong crowd. Of, Interesting. Of, like dark nerds, and we watched it constantly. Dark constantly. <laughs> Just dark. Oh, dorks. really? Yeah, we watched it. So me and did my. Did you have it on VHS? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Me and my best friend Melissa Thornton. Yeah. We watched it so much <laughs> that there is a dog in the film, Sir Didymus, aka Merlin. No, Sir Didymus is the. Okay. Uh, possibly the fox. So there's a dog, and. They have, because it's a Henson thing, sometimes it's a sheepdog, and sometimes it's a real natural English sheepdog, and sometimes it's a puppet dog. And my roommate and I, my best friend Melissa Thorne, would yell, real dog, puppet dog, like when... Real dog, puppet dog. Which, which one had entered, of, yeah. <laughs> entered the scene? Like, that's the real dog. That's the puppet dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. It's real messed up. Oh, my God. This is some deep dorkdom here. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is good times. This and is you and Melissa Thornton. Me and Melissa Thornton. And then watching that movie. Watch it over and over and over again. And we watched that one. And then uh, this will come up in the, in the another topic. But we watched uh, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show a lot. So, eh. Oh, see, now that is a classic yeah, nerd, nerd, college, dorky sort of, we're, mm. we're going to show this at midnight kind of thing. I remember guys in high school that ended up, they were uh, gay. Right, uh, but and it they turned didn't out, know it. Uh, w- well, no, everyone in my high school knew that they were gay, and I was the editor of the school newspaper. And one guy uh, came out in an uh, anonymous letter, and we're talking 1980, 81, uh, and he uh, got beat up a lot. And I was like, and he had done it anonymously, and I did not reveal his name to anyone, but someone did at the fucking staff. And I was like, not cool. He gets to be gay. I don't even know what it means because I uh, was not gay or touching myself. So I didn't know what anything was. All I knew is I had the biggest crush on the gayest guy in the world who For was sure. super sweet. Yeah. And he was like, oh, it's never going to work. But I love – and he yeah, didn't tell me why. You, but, uh, but I love you so much. He why did. wouldn't it work? Just, just He said, why? we're going to Rocky Horror on Saturday if you want to. And I was like, I'm not allowed out after nine. Anyway. Um, but yeah, no, s- similar experience. Like I'm from Texas. And so for a lot of like hayseed kids, this is the first. And it's and now it's, it's sophisticated. It's sophisticated. Like there's another world out there. There's stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. And also we would also go all the time on acid. So I've seen Rocky Horror Picture Show hundreds of times on acid. Because also. even though it's a small town, plenty of drugs. Plenty of drugs. But super conservative. Right, right, right. But conservative people, a lot of weirdo drugs. I and you're know. like, what's happening? And then in Oklahoma, when they started, the meth thing started happening, I'm like, why do you want to stay awake in Oklahoma? Just go... <laughs> Sleep is great. There's nothing to do. Right. Downers, you guys. Lutes. <laughs> Lutes. Find yourself some lutes. But yes. So we'll just watch it a ton, a ton, of time. So what What year did, do you remember what year? We have it. I meant to pull it out of the box, but. I believe it's 1986. Okay. So I 80s. might be wrong. So it's mid 80s. Yeah. Okay. So. And the same year as Dark Crystal. So Henson oh. really went into dark puppet movies that year. Because I don't remember the puppets. Literally, I saw it three years ago, and when I told him you were Andy that I, that you were doing this, and it was about Labyrinth, and I had only seen it that one time with him, he was like, "Wait, let's watch it now." And uh, <laughs> so, what is it? <laughs> David Bowie. Mm-hmm. It didn't have a plot, did it? Well, I remember it was weird. It's it's a very standard fantasy plot. Okay. Jennifer Connelly, the beginning of the movie, she invents cosplay. No one gives her credit. No one gives her credit. She does it right there. Right there. It happened. She's babysitting this kid. <laughs> Jennifer Connelly invents cosplay. 
She's she's babysitting her little brother. A, a, a sexed up stepmother, David Bowie, shows up, kidnaps the baby. He sets her on a quest. It's Wizard of Oz. It's Wizard of Oz. Wait, I I, I got lost in the genders. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's oh that's buzzing. Don't worry about it. Uh, you know, I forgot to unplug my own phone. Uh, so if in the middle of this show, I don't even know who that is. Oh, excellent. Real weirdo. Okay. okay. So, so here we are. I'll I've pull that out. off the phone. Thank so, you so much. Okay. So the plot is Wizard of Oz. The plot is Wizard of... Okay. So Jennifer... It's, it's with David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly. Yes. Starting there. David Bowie stars as the sexed up sex mother who's really a goblin king named Jareth. There we go. Yes. So he's a sexed up sex mother. That's just the look. That's the look. It's a, it's a, I, I love the, the alliteration, alliteration. And then Jennifer Connelly or Connelly. Who knows? Yeah. But whatever. She plays uh, the babysitter. What's happening? She's, she's the big sister. She's babysitting her, her, little, her, her baby, her much younger brother. Okay. So the parents go out. You're in charge. He shows up. He's got an owl. Very intense. <laughs> takes the baby. Takes the baby. <gasps> and then he says, you've got 12 hours to solve my labyrinth. So the whole movie is she's going through this maze. Oh, this trippy labyrinth. This tri- trippy labyrinth. And meeting puppets and having adventures and learning things and being Alice betrayed. Alice in Wonderland, Wizard, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, all kind of like that. Okay. And uh, and and so... Being betrayed. And being betrayed. And then so... Does she have a buddy? Is she did does she, she have a small she has a she has a small buddy who betrays her. <gasps> she has a spoiler big, alert, eighty six. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hoggle betrays her, but then he regrets it. Mm. Um and then she has a, a great big Ludo, and then she's got a little fox who rides a dog. A lot of a lot of just a lot of t- cool puppets hanging out. Puppets. Just where else can we put a puppet in here? Um, <laughs> and so, so it was a flop at the box office. Nobody saw it when it actually came out. Right. Um, then we watched it a lot in college, and then it became kind of a thing on early internets. A lot of websites in the Netscape era showed up focusing on David Bowie's area. Oh, his, in the film, his genitals. Yes. Where he's keeping his stuff? Where he keeps his stuff. Where he keeps okay. the goods. <laughs> the magic is happening in and his pants right there. Right there. Because there's a lot of shots. You know, he's usually the only full-size human person and then a bunch of little puppets all around him. And he's wearing a pair of light, uh, what they used to call uh, buck trousers. Buck trousers. In like hunting times in like the 1800s. He's wearing a light trouser and he's wearing a cutaway coat, which is just an arrow to the area. Oh, right. And the thing is that that's not a and it's it's not a coincidence and it's not a mistake. It's no, no, from it, historical paintings, and it's not subtle. And it's not subtle, right? So it's he's a, wearing these tight trousers and high boots, mm-hmm. and then this coat, and then it has an arrow that points all towards. Hey, look, hey, ladies, yes. <laughs> so there, but there were like hundreds. There were all these web chains, and like everybody had like a uh, 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 a GeoCities website about David Bowie's area, and there were all these. I mean, I know I'm taking yeah. you back on a trip and, uh, uh, but yeah, I've, 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 I've watched it so many times and like there's this different, I don't know, there's different little entries into different little nerddoms. There's a lot of juggling in it. Oh, there's juggling. So I want to tell you guys this. David Bowie has this glass ball. So you've seen, if you go to like a, a country fair or like a Ren fair or, uh, um, in Portland, if you go to the, uh, um, uh, yard sales, that's right, you're a Portland comic, uh, I'm right? a Portlander, yeah. yeah and you'll see a guy, Jones, right? you'll see a nerd juggling a glass ball in this way. And it's called uh, contact juggling because it never, it never stops making contact with your hand. Oh, weird. And David Bowie does this juggling in this movie. David Bowie's not doing it. It's this guy who invented it, Michael Motion. What? Is a contact juggler. Michael Motion? And it's M-O-S-C-H-E-N, I think. But so all all the times where David Bowie and I wish Andy was here to talk to me about it because you don't remember. <laughs> but all the times when David Bowie is juggling this glass ball, it's Michael Motion's hands. Um, where did Michael Motion start doing contact juggling? He was friends with street juggler Penn Jillette in London in the eighties. What? Penn Jillette was a uh, is Penn Jillette the one that talks or doesn't talk? He doesn't talk. That's or, the no. Smaller. He does talk. He talks. He's the taller guy. 
Teller is the one who doesn't talk. Okay, so Penn, yeah. Gillette, used to be a juggler. Yes, he was a street juggler and magician. Okay. He was a busker in London, and he had picked up these, like, acrylic balls, and he was, like, showing, he's, like, he and Teller were, like, maybe we should do something with this. And they hadn't figured out anything to do with it, and then their friend, Michael Motion, came over, and they were, like, he's, like, oh, what are these? And they're, like, we haven't figured out anything to do with it. This is a hard acrylic ball. It's too heavy. Uh, and then he took it away and he invented this thing. And then David Bowie does it in the film. Oh, wow. Yeah. Weird backstory. Yeah. About the invention of a specific kind of juggling. You know, I had a juggling dork on the Dork Forest one mm-hmm. time. And he um, never mentioned motion juggling. <laughs> but contact juggling. Right. Contact it's a very jug- specific thing. It's super specific. I now will have to Google it because is it juggling if it never leaves your hand? Right. <clears throat> you know. Isn't it just holding? And it moving holding, around? It's holding in a specific way. Yeah. It is moving. It's moving all around. And now there's a toy that like does it. It has a it has a little gyro in there and it does it for fake. But it right. was, it was but a it, big at Christmas, but who cares? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> but it's not the real thing. It's not. You are not Michael Motion. N-O-T, the real thing. Um, but other, so, yeah. so his hands, do they not, uh, are they larger than David Bowie's hands? Is that you why? Know, I, I I suspect there should be a thread comparing his hands to mm-hmm. his package. <clears throat> See, ma- major laugh. You've got those two pieces of information. Your mind is just like a, a dryer. You're just matching up socks. <laughs> Do these socks go together? <laughs> right. Let's right? switch it. It's uh, it's it's the old curtains and the car in the in the hand. Yeah, the match. old curtains and the hand matching. Yeah. Right. I don't even everybody have to. Know, everybody I, knows that. Everybody knows that old chestnut uh i said nut you guys so this one yeah. is going to be a little dirty is everybody uh got well, that? when you start with michael with david bowie's area oh yeah yeah when you start you with have, david bowie yeah when you start with david bowie it's gonna get dirty it's so labyrinth so he is a goblin king yes she has to get through the labyrinth mm-hmm. and then there's songs a lot of songs there's music there's music because he's a musician yeah that's what he mainly did right <laughs> although uh at some point he's it said Somebody said, oh, you act, you do music, you do all these things. What do you really consider yourself? And he says, I'm a mime trapped in a man's body. He considered himself <laughs> predominantly a mime, and then everything else was just an ancillary, like, shooting out from mimeness. Shooting, well, the thing is, is if you consider yourself to be a mime, it means that you are super introverted. And you're like, I am forced to be extroverted yeah. by society yeah. and humanity. I think that's true. And uh, so he's like, well, if I'm going to be extroverted... <laughs> Might this as well, is, let's just make this thing. Yeah, this is the art that comes out of me. Yeah, so he, he did the music for the the, uh, the movie. Um, Magic Dance is probably the best known song. Uh, in song. It? It's, it's, it's pretty absurd. Um, although goths like the ballroom song, um, As the World Falls Down, where he's dancing with Jennifer Connelly, and she's so glamorous that her hair has been teased out to an H.R. Giger type giant head like it's this long okay and it's beautiful it's absolutely sort of like bride of frankenstein yes but instead of up out out back yeah out back party in the back it's such a party in the back such a party that goes out for probably what six seven inches (laughs) maybe even bigger many many nerds (laughs) have gotten married in these costumes many nerds have gotten wait oh dressed in labyrinth dressed in labyrinth to get it's a big it's here's a the thing about that coat and uh i'm sorry it's been a couple of days since i've gotten late so i'm clearly uh in in so but this comes out around valentine's day so hopefully business right? will have been taken care of yes <laughs> thank you andy come home from work what's happening no too much info for anyone who is listening rangers you can you can handle it yeah. you've been listening for 11 years so the coat that you described though i think it was popular after the movie yeah, because it's so. is it a zipper coat that has a that that the two it's sort of up high here and then goes down as a point that points to a place the place the yeah the, that definitely did start happening I don't, it, I think in, Michael in, Jackson had something like that sure, too right sure and like well, like any men's dress coat where it, it goes significantly past your 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 butt it goes to the, oh it was thigh length and then in the front is shorter yeah. Oh, the whole sweeping that sort of thing. like it was the vest and coat together. But like, uh, definitely, there's parts of the movie he probably wears a shorter coat. But like, many of them are like riding jackets. Okay, Just that long thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, it sounds like you might be a fashion dork too. Like you've got I am, some clothes. Action. I am a fashion dork. I am. You a know about dork. clothings. It's uh, and that's a weird dorkdom 
but yeah, that's my, you, you have a, you have a good ear. I have a fashion degree. I worked in apparel for a long time. I have a dork ear. You have a I have an ear, ear for dorkdoms. Yeah. Uh, somebody uh, just brought up birds in the, uh, in, in the green room at the ice house a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, what do you like about birds? What's happening? And a young, uh, <laughs> one of the new young guys, right? I'm trying to get him on the show. What do you, uh, are you, I'm scared of birds. Uh, How do you feel? They're, they're flappy. Right. Uh, I don't ever hold a bird or anything. Right. I don't want to hold any animals. Uh, yeah. Dogs. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with a dog. Cats, I'm allergic, sadly. I like them. Uh, they seem very pretty. Like looking at them. Yeah. From afar and not in the house because I can't breathe real good. But dogs, I will roll around with dogs. I will will spend some quality time on a lawn with a dog. But uh, playing catch and uh, touching their ears. It's nice. Oh, yeah. When you get a real silky ear. Yeah, you get a silky ear. That's real nice. nice. But birds um, and and fish, like some people, like they – I think Moshe Kasher was telling me that – it was say the hammer Pete Holmes was saying that you could go swimming with like stingrays and you could hold on to their wings and they would pull you. And I was mm-hmm. like, that seems rude. Because they're trying to get away from you, Moshe. Right, right, right. It it's uh you don't need to why don't you leave them alone? Why don't you go let them play with other stingrays, which is what they might want to do. And that might be racism. It's uh it's uh, I don't think it is. Uh it, it's it's not yeah. speciesism. You're you're it you're, might be you're, you're, you're typecasting them stingrays. Yeah. Stingrays I think want to hang out with other stingrays. With other stingrays. They don't hang out with people on purpose. Right. Right. I think yeah. we're kind of bugging them. Yeah. Anyway, so uh we've weeded off. Let's weed back. Mm-hmm. Uh I kinda wanna know so you've been goth yeah. in Texas yeah. from a childhood time. Okay. That's, that's black. Yeah. That's wearing some black items. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's uh, some black eyeliner. Oh, sure. What, what is goth? It's a real good question. Uh, it can be anything you want. Probably. Probably. Okay. So, so, so uh, goth, it's an offshoot of punk rock in Britain. The British mm. invented it. The Germans perfected it. Oh, um, but like bands like the Damned, okay, they were a punk band. But the lead singer dressed like a vampire, okay. Um, bands like Bauhaus. Um, the lead singer Peter Murphy was essentially a male stripper, but he dressed like a vampire. The lead singer of the Damned and the and Bauhaus, Bauhaus or and and, and the uh, Bauhaus nearly got in a fight one time because <gasps> it uh, uh, <laughs> because Dave Vanney and the one vampire said to Pete Murphy, the other vampire, "I'm doing this thing." Oh. <laughs> They didn't realize that there was going to be a whole world. Right. So much. Right. They didn't realize they were making stuff. Right. There's more than 50 people who want this thing. Right. Everything's going to go fine. Um, And so, yeah, Susie and the Banshees and the Cure and the Depeche Mode and all that stuff. And so, um, So that's that's goth. It's it's a music-based. The Cure as as real emotional. Right. Full of feelings. Right. Yeah. Goth is okay. full of feelings. Goth full of feelings. Just as long as it's sad feelings. Yeah. Oh, sad. Sure. Sad feelings. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, like every 15 year old. <laughs> oh, there's that. Filled with these hormones. And you're like, nobody understands what the fuck I'm going through. Right. Right. I w- nobody likes me and I want to die a lot. And then right. you just don't grow out of that. And then you're a goth. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And then it was that. And then like, yeah. And I'm still doing it for reasons unknown. Well, don't kill yourself. <laughs> a little small PSA here at minute 20. Try not to kill yourselves. Try not uh, to. Try just, not to. It'll just, get better. It, uh, it, it doesn't really, but then you start to find comedy in it. <laughs> it does get better. Screw you. And then it gets worse again. Right. How it about that? Again. And you go, no, this is okay. I remember when it was worse last time. It's all right. And then it gets better again. Yeah. And then it gets worse again. Mm-hmm. And we call that life. That That's the way it goes. Shit. But if you want to wear black clothes yeah. and uh, have a little sad sack moment yeah. in the midst of it all, I say own it. But I think uh, well, the interesting thing about goth now is that it has branched off into so many things. Because then there was the 2000s and there was raver goth and perky goth and pony goth and happy goth and fetish goth. And, wow. And, like, and now there's steampunk. is It's brown goth. Oh, brown goth. I mean, yeah. Like, there's like, and there's like, a, and then emo it's an offshoot that goth, of goth? disavows and <laughs> the, the most interesting what about those two guys the Bauhaus guy and the uh, and the damned guy are they still around they're still doing good uh, Pete Murphy well Dave 
Dave, I believe, lives in Fullerton. Well, he has a house in Fullerton with his wife. Oh, good. Uh, Patricia Morrison, who is also in a goth band called Sisters of Mercy. And um, uh, Pete Murphy got busted. Big Pete had some uh, meth in his car. He got pulled over. Oh, had wow. a bit of meth. And everybody got very upset. I'm like, how are you? He's 60. How is he supposed to fit into his pants? Um, <laughs> here's my thing about now. That's interesting as a diet tip. Uh, but here's the uh, the thing I'm curious about is what um, aging goth. Yeah. Goths who's, who age. Everyone ages. As you get older, do you stick? Do you keep it up? Do you keep it up? Or do you, do you, do you lose like maybe... You like you're not full black makeup right now. No, it's daytime. No. Daytime. Yeah. All right. And, do, do, and, and, and is it kind of yeah. a dress up thing? It can be. Yeah, it's kind of a dress up thing. And you, but you definitely run into people, especially young people who do it like top to bottom all the time. I find them very fun and curious. Um, yeah, whether you grow up and like grow out of it is is your own thing. But the interesting thing about right now is there are no young goths. Goths is in the time of being kind of a nostalgia thing. Like there was a big like you could do a chart like Edward Scissorhands and then nineties huge <laughs> amount of goths. Okay, and Tim Burton's career in general, mm. and then. <laughs> But like, there's nothing like goth is kind of a throwback. So like, if you do go to a goth night, you look look around, and everybody's kind of your age. You're like, and you realize like some things just kind of have their like they have their ebbs and flows. Right. Like, where are the young people? There are none. Right. Maybe They're, maybe five years from now. Maybe five years from now they'll It'll get come interested back. in it again. And I like yeah. that there's offshoots. Like, because because yeah. basic original goth were those kind of those two dudes who were like mm-hmm. we're going to dress like vampires, mm-hmm. and and the music, the damned and the Bauhaus is that mm-hmm. punk. The the damned was punk, and then Bauhaus. Ret- looking at it in retrospect, it's just glam rock with a different skin on it. Okay, but at the time we're like, yeah, this is goth music. Their big hit was about Bela Lugosi, the actor. Oh, okay. You know, and it's nine minutes long, and that was their big hit. Wow, um, that's not a, a lot of radio song. play. It's a lot. It's a long <laughs> song. No, no, that's hard. But goths love David Bowie in most of his phases. Okay, yeah, because that's the other thing about David Bowie is that he uh he was a different musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost album to album, right? Yeah, like he time. changed. Um, I did an episode about because they died. Prince died the same In February time, right? And yeah, Dave David Bowie died two years ago last week. Okay. And then Prince in February the same year. Right. So mm-hmm. it was a, it was a hell of a year. It was a hell of a year. Uh, for kind of genius musicians. Mm-hmm. Not even kind of. Uh, other people would not say kind of. I don't know anything about music. Uh, again, I know a little bit about all the musics. So uh, <laughs> uh, here's how bad I am about David Bowie. Why would I tell this story? I can't wait. Uh, I used to get him mixed up <laughs> with the guy uh, who, Billy Idol. I used to get them mixed up with Billy Idol. Uh, um, okay. I was uh, very drunk in 1984. I'm not going to lie to you. They're both British. Mm-hmm. Yep. At some point, they've both been blondes. Yes. Yes, they were blondes. They both have um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dental issues, maybe? Yeah. Were there, were there yeah, dental issues? I don't know if I have Idol dental issues, so I'm willing to uh, go from that place. Yeah. Bowie definitely used to have some adorable wonky teeth that, he's, that he had replaced. Okay. Um, uh, um, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna absolve Billy you Idol from this. Right. Was no, Billy Idol no. sort of a pop version of Goth? You should abandon this immediately. <laughs> uh, so Billy Idol had Billy Idol had some real punk cred. He had a band called Generation X. Okay. F- from the time. Okay. But then when he started getting hits, it was definitely as more of a yeah like it's a just sneering a guy. like a punk like a punk like Light. minstrel yes <laughs> like a L-I-T-E. minstrel of yes. punk yeah yes. a minstrel show um and that yeah new wave was considered to be like punk like cleaned up and kind oh, that's of right. sanitized yep a little bit and and so i guess we would call him that uh, okay um i'm gonna draw you back in with nerd fact please this is a theory it is mine. I don't know if it's true. Maybe somebody in the dorkdom forest can can, can raw right. There's a scene in Labyrinth where it's exactly the same scenario as in Star Wars, where in Star Wars it's Han Solo and Princess Leia running down a hallway being chased by stormtroopers and they jump into the jar- garbage chute, right? Yeah. And Han Solo says, You sure got his attention. Yep. 
And in this film, it's uh, Jennifer Connelly and a and a puppet, right, running down the hallway, being chased by the cleaners, which is a machine. It's a very steampunky machine that's being run by these little goblins, and it and it takes up the whole hallway, and it's going to chop them up, right? Oh, so right. They right. jump into a, a hole to escape. Yeah, and I believe producer George Lucas sampled Han Solo as like. It's Hoggle saying it, but I think it's a clip from Star Wars. You sure? Because oh. it sounds exactly the same. Oh, right, right. Oh, like, so whoever, who directed Labyrinth? Um, director, I can't remember because I'm a bad right. person. Right. Well, that Oh, poor... Jim Henson. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and you think that he got uh, George Lucas. He, George he, Lucas was a producer on the film. Oh, and he was. He and was so they, they sampled the Han Solo. They might and have, they might have sampled think, Han Solo. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to worry about whether or not uh, I'm completely spacing who played Han Solo. Um, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. There we go. So yeah. I don't think Harrison Ford's living check to check at this no, point. No, he's okay. He's okay. He's, he's okay. But do you think he got paid for that? <laughs> that'd, that'd, be the, that'd be the way to find out because you would oh, yeah. follow the money. Follow oh, the money. Yeah, that's a good That's a good point. It's a Cation-like moment. Hello and welcome. <sighs> my brother uh, mm-hmm. and family would be very proud of me. Uh, my father. Yes. Yeah. Say, yeah. Follow who the got, money. Follow the money. Who got paid? Um, uh, I, I just want to uh, like, uh, these are all trivia facts that are going to be amusing to 10 people, but I, I, those 10 people are important. Yeah. And I want to, and I want to share one, one of the other good trivia facts. We left the music idea, the, the magic dance. There's a lot of baby gurgles in it. Baby uh, gurgles. Like, magic dance. <laughs> those, Wait, is it, but then it don't, you got it done in, done in baby gurgles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Okay. So, um, they wanted the baby for the movie who was uh, the art director's kid, uh, Toby Frude. Um, okay. He, it was nepotism, the hiring of that baby. They were just like, we have a baby. He's going <laughs> to. We gonna, got a loose baby. Just grab the baby, baby. we just got. Grab, grab, put him in there. And they renamed the character to be the baby's name because the baby was a bad baby actor. Oh, yeah. He wasn't responding to the original name, Freddie. So it became Toby. Um, so they wanted Toby to do baby gurgles for the movie sure and for the for the song um and he was a non-gurgling type right and so <laughs> it's a very serious uh he baby a, he was a stoic kind of a stoic baby so david bowie wound up making the baby noises himself on that track and they're good oh he's real good i mean he's got a lot of talents well baby this gurgles is, is one this is one of them here's the thing about you can't force a baby to gurgle no you got you got when when you meet a baby Mm-hmm. How many babies have you met? You've met a lot of babies. Dozens. Dozens of babies. Yeah. They all have a very unique personality mm-hmm. that you can see in a baby what they're going to be like when they're 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just like, I saw a picture of Baron Vaughn's baby, and I'm like, that is what that baby will look like mm-hmm. when he is 26 <laughs> and not psyched. That's a cute baby. That is going to be a judgmental look yeah. on that baby's face yeah. when he's 28, and he's like, I'm bored, Dad. I'm bored. <laughs> and uh, I do like that about kids where like you can, yeah, you'll catch their face at an angle and you're like, I see what you are as an adult. <laughs> or if it's an Armenian baby, oh, you can see what they look like at 60 right now. That is nice. Yeah. They that have like, nice. sometimes they have a very grown up face and then they grow up and they're a perfect. I was an enormously kid. Irish looking baby. Yeah. Uh, my, my sister, uh, you know what? I don't think there, are there any pictures of Darla as a baby, baby? I, I, there's toddlers, but it's, you know, I, we're the youngest of six. Mm. So there were a lot of pictures of the boys All the as documentation, babies. documentation, right. And then it got done. Right. And then I was born and they're like, oh, we should probably snap some pictures. There's so a great two. And then you've got high school graduation. Like there's, see that picture of all five of the kids right up there. My sister is probably two right mm-hmm. there. Uh, I am, which means that my mother is pregnant with me. Right. She, well, no, she looks like she's about a year. So she's pregnant with me because my sister's a year and a half older than I am. They couldn't wait six months to take the fucking picture of all the kids. <laughs> so my dad actually got that uh, that photography studio uh, thing for free. And that's why there's a picture of all right. five kids. Right. I'm, I I like to think that I'm in the car. Yeah. Uh, just like, no, Emotionally she's actually born. Dad. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't. We didn't have a dress for her, so we're going to stick her in the car. And uh, so, but yeah, uh, so that is actually the youngest picture of my my sister, and they, she looks Armenian. Yeah, and she looks like I think she will be a very cherubic old lady. It's funny because this is a picture of my sister um, looking happy. 
Mm-hmm. And then um, many of the pictures of her until she's about <laughs> 18 are her uh, looking worried and very, very, very serious. Yeah. And now as she gets older, my, my sister's the only person I've ever met that uh, is more of a child today. Like she's having her childhood now. She wasn't allowed to be a child when right. we were children and she's doing it right now. She's like, and she's raising people and she's doing it with joy and it's kind of awesome. Like, Fine. yeah, it's like, no, I, well now the, once she's in control, <laughs> she can allow herself to be a kid. Yeah. And, uh, and, but she had to be in control and she didn't have any actual control when she was seven. <laughs> so I'm sorry to laugh yeah, uh, because no. it was a sad childhood. No. But. Uh, and then, and then uh, an interesting sidebar. Um, I am, I am, I am from a family of five. Yeah. I'm, the- I'm the oldest, not the youngest. Oof. But something that people from big families sometimes have in common is the desire to have no family. <laughs> I... I have always, uh, I, I never met anybody I wanted to have kids with right. until it was essentially too late right. to have kids. And now I'm like, oh, that's fine. It's because uh, my brothers and my sister, they have, there's enough yeah. children in the, the world. It, to go around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's all working out. Yeah. And, and then I get to sleep in. But, um, but I did, I do love, I love how, I love my yeah. big family. Yeah. Even though some of them are genuinely hard to spend more than one hour a, a year with. But then I think it's better that we have more of them because then the, just the odds are better. Cause like, what if I had, what if my trouble brother was the only one? And then That's all I it? had with that trouble brother, I've got these two great sisters <laughs> that you could talk to. Anytime. I can talk to any time and, and do. And so then the two people don't know were, that about big families is right. that that's the great thing you about it. <laughs> you can pick and choose. I'm the only one that talks to all of them. That's and, a uh, good, that's a good position. I'm my the, sister, Laura, is that right now in my the hub. Yeah. The hub. Yeah. And, uh, people like to check in. Well, how like my stepmother, a lot of people didn't want to talk to her before she passed away. They're like, how's Nancy doing? And I was like, you know, she has a phone. Yeah. She's she great. To Nancy. She's doing all right. Mm-hmm. Any idea? When you might want to call her, check in with her. No, you're good. Okay. He's like, oh, how's your other brother? And I was like, you know, he's, he's right there. He's a person with a phone. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I do, I, I let everybody know how things are going. <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's a role. That's it's yeah, a role. Yeah. My sister's doing it. My good mother, for her. my mother moved across the street from my sister to help raise the world's cutest nephew for mm. me to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my mother has stopped calling me because she loves me. But she gets all the information from the hub. Yeah. She doesn't need to call me. Doesn't need to talk to you. If I call her. She's she, happy to talk to you, I'm she, sure. She may eventually return my call, but it's not urgent because she knows that if something important happened, Laura would have told her. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's, which is a big family. That's a quality problem right yeah. there. It yeah, means yeah, that yeah. Uh, it means that we're. Everyone's communicating. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And here's, here's another thing a lot of people don't know about big families is uh there's usually nothing to inherit. Right. And so you don't have that problem that someone who just has one sibling has, Mm -hmm. because then you want to fight over every fucking thing. And your parents probably have money that it's going to matter. When my dad dies, I kind of want his paintings. Uh, Nobody else wants those paintings. Uh, And uh, my grandmother died and my brother and my sister, who are the most alike, but uh, don't talk very much uh, just because they're kind of alike, but they're kind of opposed you know, it's just like it's weird, but um, they they both got a they both got a rug, like a, a Oriental rug, mm-hmm. and um, the rest of us are like, well, I would have kind of wanted it, but I'm not going to fight over it. Who cares? You don't want to cut it in half. Yeah, uh, I, I've always felt <laughs> I've always felt that the lack of money in my in my family was just freedom. I'm like, man, I don't ha- I I can treat everybody with the respect. And love that I want to. Yeah. I don't have to fake any because there's nothing. There's no. There's nothing to fight over. Nothing to fight over. Cash I did, wise. I did have a weird like collectory nerd like moment of clarity when my father passed because he had been a big like talk about your dorkdoms. He had been a big Renfair dork. Oh, wow. And he went to Renfair every year. He must have got in early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early adopter. Oh, God. And he. Ha- <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Did he take you to it? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, the buckskin boots and the corsetry and the bad improv and just everything. I, I love it. I boots love it. Boots up to here. Oh, and every, and swords. God, the swords, you know. And he like, loved the swords. Love the swords. And like, yeah, when I was a little kid, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. And then I grew up and I'm like, it's not awesome. 
my dad's a nerd. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But then so, you but then you come back. But then you come and back. you're like you celebrate that he liked it as well. Yes. So one of the every year they would have a different goblet to commemorate that year. It's like the Disney people and the yeah. pins and all that stuff. Sure. And so when he died, he like had this sh- these shelves with all these goblets from every year. And my sister's like, what is this shit? <laughs> Why? What are we going to do with this crap? Yeah. She's like, she's like, I'm like, I'm like, Laura, you don't collect stuff. You don't have stuff to be useful <laughs> to other people. Right. He collected that shit because it was that he was marking the years of his life. Like, this is all the things. That's just what it is. Yeah. Most of what we have, like, and it was like, it was like a real, like. Did you keep any of them? I kept one. That's it. And that's all I needed. Well, that's all you need because yes. you don't collect them. No. You just have the one that you thought was cool when you right. were a kid. Yeah. And you're like, and Keep it was that. his. Remem- yeah. Remembers, remembers me of him. Mm-hmm. That's it. But yeah, I mean, it, but it, it was a real like, it was a real tidying your life type moment. I'm like, oh, most of what we have is useless garbage. Yeah. By the way, that when <laughs> we die, people will look at it and go, what is this? Right. I have multiple labyrinth dolls. Oh, do you? I have a big one. That talks. How big? Life size? No. Okay. Thank goodness, no. <laughs> Life size, to be... my knowledge, not available. <laughs> so not available in stores. Uh, Jackie at JackieCation.com. <laughs> if, if there's a labyrinth doll. Look, I've got size. the big Jareth that talks when you press on his chest. I've got the small Jareth, the portable, the travel size. Uh, and do you? I have. You have traveled with Just him. in case Just you in need case. one. It's right there. <laughs> How tall is the one that talks? Are we talking like he's a probably, foot? He's probably... 18 he's, inches? He, he he might not be 18 inches. He's probably 12, although in my mind, I think he's somewhere in the middle. And I think I'm taller than the I travel is The travel is solid six. Solid six. Solid six. Right. And then do you have... Like, you got to glue the crystal ball on the hand because it won't stay. <laughs> he's got a crystal ball? Sure. He's got the... He's got the juggling ball. Oh, the juggling ball. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. It's uh, And it's only one ball? Sometimes there's multiple balls, but the dolls just have one each. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do? What are you so, going to do? What you, can you do? What can you do? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, interesting. Do you have any other merch? Labyrinth merch? Do you own the movie still? Uh, I do own the movie. On Laserdisc? What are we looking at? Oh, boy. No, I moved up to DVD. Uh, okay. And, and then... um. You know, it becomes something that people give you stuff. Oh, right. You know? My dad I, liked unicorns in the 70s, uh, and he got unicorns for too long. <laughs> and uh, he had... Yeah, but I mean, I have a lot of just Do- David Bowie stuff in general, and like some of it is Labyrinth stuff also. Oh, yeah, very yeah. nice. Very yeah. nice. And um, is there a soundtrack? There sure is a soundtrack. Because he's a musician. I always... Yeah, yeah. We're going to always go back to that. And then... Um, uh yeah there's the two hits and then there's the the fiery dance which nobody knows uh uh there's there's all manner of like every big scene in the in the in the film there needed to be a song and then there is that okay yeah that makes sense does it move the plot forward or is it one of those kind of musicals where it's just we're stopping to sing a song i think you're stopping to sing a song i've never considered it this way but yeah it's 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 less like a musical musical where it's it's more like we're gonna decorate the film with these songs (laughs) Uh, we well, made the, 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 if there's anything that that's the real core of it, it's puppets. They're just like, where's something where you can have a bunch of puppets dancing right. to a song? You know, it's uh, you got to see the thing for what it is. You know, and it's a Jim Henson movie, yeah. so uh, that guy liked puppets. He did a lot. That's that was that probably was, his dorkdom. That was his dorkdom. Rest in peace, Jim Henson. Exactly, for sure, he was that guy, and. Um, so he's going to want to put a puppet where it could be. Was there dance? Was there also dance? There was dancing. You know, there's a ballroom dance in the big romantic scene. Oh, yeah. Who's the romance between? Is it between the goblin? It's and, the goblin king and, and, the, and, 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 the, and the sister? And the Jennifer Connelly. So so here's the thing that people have started. I have. This is a hashtag me too discussion now. <laughs> well, I'm so, sorry to laugh. Everything comes back. Everything comes everything back. Everything comes back so, to what a terrible choice in this movie. So yeah. So in the movie, she's being pursued by a Goblin King. There's a power disparity there. There is a power disparity between Goblin King and older sister. Yes. And but, he is holding hostage. And he's holding hostage this her baby. baby. Yes. The, her younger sibling. But the thing is, yeah, that is creepy. But the thing is, the whole movie is... Like in Wizard of Oz, it's a whole, it's a fantasy of hers. Yeah. And that's, and that's made clear at the end. You look around her room. She's back to normal. She's had like the red shoe. Like, I, well, cause she's invented cosplay. 
She's invented cosplay. <laughs> she returns to her house and she can look around and there's all the characters in the movie are little dolls in the room. And so she's having a fantasy about a, a mysterious older male figure who's obsessed with her. And then that's okay. Yeah, that's her thing. That's her thing. Yeah. It's not really that a man with an owl has kidnapped a child. <laughs> that's actually not That's actually real. not what the movie is that's about. That's the fantasy part of the fantasy. Right. And the fact is that um, hero worship is an important part of girls' development and like... Of all, of all youth. Of all youth. Youth. Yeah. The youth gotta have someone to look up to. Yeah. And sometimes they want to sleep with that person. Right. Um, Who sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. Uh, uh, and my last, this is just homemade trivia that I can't not tell you. Yes. There's a song that starts with, you remind me of a man, what man, the power with the, the man with the power, what power, oh. it's the dance magic dance song, power of voodoo, you do, who do, you do, you do. do what, remind me of the man. <laughs> and I carried that around for a long time. And this is a big part of being a dork. You carry around a little snippet of something for a long time. And you go, where the fuck did that come from? Right. Where the fuck? What is that? <laughs> what is that? Was that said to me in my cradle? What happened? <laughs> what happened? And uh, and like if you listen to something like the Fireside Theater radio plays, you can spend your whole life like collecting all the references that plug into that. But I finally oh, interesting one night, late at night, there's a bad Cary Grant movie. Yeah. Called The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer. Yeah. Grown-up Shirley Temple is Here, being raised by her aunt. Allow me to say... Thank you. Bad Cary Grant movie. <laughs> I object. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But uh, no, I'm less I'm, popular. It's not his, it's not his it's, finest work. It's not his yes. finest work. So it's Myrna Loy, Cary Grant, Shirley Temple. Got it. And there's an Myrna uncomfortable... Myrna Loy's amazing in that movie. She's great. Yeah. The, the romances between Cary Grant and Myrna Loy, there's a little bit of uncomfortableness between... Because the Bobby Stockster has a crush on Cary Grant. On Cary Grant. Hardcore. Right. Hardcore. Exactly. And he's like, oh, no, I would like to date an adult lady, which is atypical. Right. So, uh, <laughs> But a Cary Grant original, by the way. Uh, after you tell this story, I will tell you a, I can't wait. a, a fun fact I know about Cary Grant. Okay, yes. so he in the movie, there's a scene where he's trying to... He's being funny with Shirley Temple to get on the good side of Myrna Loy. Right. And he pretends to be a, a beatnik. Yes. And he says, you remind me of the man. And then she says, what man? Oh, is that where it's from? That's where it's from. Which means that they stole it from vaudeville. But. Oh. Right. Because almost all things are stolen from. That's probably true. From <laughs> from live from live. Comedy. I'm going to circle this back and then yeah. it's going to be back to your story about Cary Grant because I can't wait. <laughs> um, there is. You are a delight, Virginia Jones. Go. David Bowie. <laughs> yes. Uh, there was a costume uh, that he had made for an appearance on Saturday Night Live where he had to be physically picked up and carried. And it was like this big vinyl thing. He was a human sculpture. Oh. And it was triangly on top and stripy on bottom. It was then borrowed by Klaus Nomi, the German singer who was the first kind of famous person to die of AIDS. Oh. He had his vinyl costume based on this thing. Right. He and Joey Arias carried David Bowie to the front of the stage and then stepped back and did backup singing. That was their job. Okay. When I went to London to see the Victorian Albert exhibit on David Bowie, it came up that that costume, the color blocking and the shape of it was from British Music Hall. Okay. Which was their vaudeville. Oh. So. Aha. Like the depth of like. Being a just David the Bowie history. fan is just the depth of reference. Yeah. And all the things he pulled from and all the things that he collected. Right, right. right. Cary Grant's story, please. Fascinating. Sweet. And I love that you saved up. Just a, just a girl from Texas, you guys. I'm going to London. I'm going to go to the David Bowie exhibit in London. It's one of the best things I've ever done. Well, exactly, which is proof positive that you got to do the thing you've always wanted to do because mm -hmm. uh, they'll always, as my father likes to say, it doesn't matter what number it is. Like, let's say it costs you twelve hundred dollars to do mm -hmm. it. Uh, my father would go, "Well, there's always going to be another twelve hundred dollars. Don't sweat it." And uh, and he's not wrong. Yeah. He is eighty, has not planned for retirement, and he's doing fine. Anyway, so uh, the Cary Grant. Uh, uh, Cary Grant story is this: is that Cary Grant actually retired, and he got pulled out like twice to act in a couple of things because they started casting really young women as his love interests, and he was like, "It's gross. Wow. Stop it." Wow. He's like, "I want. I don't want to." And I think that's what the Bobby Soxer movie was actually starting to be about. Wow. 
because all shitty B movies uh, have uh, the best ones have uh, some sort of uh, moral underpinning, right? Like even Blue Crush, whether it's a right wing uh, story or whether it's a whatever the pitch is, there's always a B plot that tells you like uh, the obvious ones. The heart of the thing. Right. The obvious ones I've mentioned a million times before on this show is uh, Footloose. Mm -hmm. Uh, Censorship is bad. It's a movie about uh, people who dance in a small town. (laughs) But the real story is about how censorship is bad. And then later, Kevin Bacon moves to Marfa and becomes very sexy. Very sexy. And then uh, Dirty Dancing. Uh, Just about summer camp and a love story. Mm -hmm. Or is it? Is it about keep abortion legal? It's about keep abortion legal. Blue Crush. Is it about surfing? Or is it about true happiness is through corporate sponsorship? Uh, That is the message of of Blue Crush. I don't know if you ever get a chance to... uh, Blue Crush is the live action right wing version of Lilo and Stitch in my mind. Anyway, uh, <laughs> all good thoughts. <laughs> These, but I love Cary Grant for yeah. saying for that's saying amazing. that. That's amazing, and that's remarkable. Um, and and I I will say in this changing time, as as many men find the sand of their reality shifting beneath their feet, Ooh. um, it's interesting to look back and say, oh, there was someone who was a little bit woke and had a little bit of. Yeah, like there, deeper there have been, right, there awareness have been decent and consciousness, white men right. throughout history. Right. There have been decent straight white dudes who were like, no, that seems wrong. But it's hard to be an independent thinker. And I think that it's very hard that, that, that many people just go along with the culture and, and like you you're know, surrounded by a bunch of dirtbags or people who don't won't stand up. Right. And they're like, oh, well, it's just always been this way. I just, yeah, yeah. I'm on the road with a woman comic and. I'm not. A, I'm not a rapist, but I'm just going to assume that I'm going to sleep with her because she's there. She's right, she's there. there. I'm here. I'm here. My wife is far away. Right. We are both of opposite sex, and she says she's straight. I'm straight. Let's do this. Let's do and this. You're like uh, the number of times that that guy <laughs> said that to me uh, on New Year's week, where he was like, "We're just going to do this, right?" And I'm like, "We're not. not. No, we're not doing this. Only one of us wants to. So no. <laughs> right. Well, there's that." But yeah, uh, uh, and 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 I think that sometimes people get confused about. You hear people say things like, "Oh, well, I would have been if I'd had slaves. I would have been a good slave owner. I would have been one of the good well, ones." Who, and you wouldn't. Who have, were you hanging out with? Well, What's you know, it's like embarrassed I've, white people. Embarrassed white people. Yeah, and they're like, "I wouldn't have been like that." I'm like, "You sure would have like the person sure to the person in twelve years of slave. You would have because you would have been told every day of your life that these people are not your equals, and it's okay to treat them this way. That's where we are with women right now." Everybody right. knows we're not their equal, except for Cary Grant. Thanks, Cary Grant. Thank you, Cary Grant. And probably David Bowie. I think David Bowie would have stood up. I, 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 <laughs> Maybe not. No, I, he, he, he was in general a good guy. He was not a perfect guy. He slept with almost everybody and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think he was a thoughtful person on some level in that yeah one. i don't know a lot of yeah i mean i think that's been a, one that's of the been, things that's that's clear that- oh that's clear <laughs> don't have to take me down hold my hand on that one <laughs> that has been established jackie does not know a lot about david bowie or billy idol it turns out uh, okay it's okay <laughs> Uh, I used to get Cary Grant and Rock Hudson mixed up as a child too. I might have always had that face yeah, thing, right? I might have always had that facism thing. Not I, fascism, by the way. No, just facism, right? Uh, that that's happened to me a lot. And now, when I introduce myself to someone and they say I've already met you, I tell them all white men look alike to me. Oh, because it's usually a white dude. Yeah. Um, I think i did it with a black comic the other night and uh you can't say that that gets uh, it feels like it feels like rude it feels like crud it feels like crud um but there is part of the thing where you know how like sometimes you'll call a, an animal a dead animal's name and it's because you have a file folder with all those animals in it no what happened what well, happened like, to this so, conversation so sometimes where, okay well this is yeah. why this is this is my argument to why absolutely no person of any ethnicity really looks like every other person of that ethnicity, but mistakes are made because you have a filing system in your, in your noggin yeah, and they all go in that file folder. Oh, right. So this is why your mom sometimes calls you your sister's name. Cause she's oh, just right. got a file folder called my kids. <laughs> and, then and then she scrolls just, through, she scrolls through. Oh, so yeah. although it, it doesn't feel good to do it's it's it doesn't feel good to be called darla it doesn't feel good to be called darla. she's much more <laughs> successful than i am yeah it's, uh, so it does happen it does happen and um and i've made peace with it yeah but i do say this is that i actually think that there are five basic 
uh, types of every kind of person. Mm. So I will see a bearded white guy and he will look like a lot of other bearded white guys, but then I'll see a different bearded white guy and he'll look like the other half of the other kind of bearded white guy. Anyway, so, and that'll happen too with, uh, with all the peoples or I don't know what people look like. It was, I did, what did I, 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 I met Andy, McDowell the other night. All right. I told this story on Jackie and Laurie, which is my other podcast, Rangers, if you're not listening. You don't have to. Don't very, sweat it. It's very good. It's about stand-up. It was just bitching. So, uh, but Andy McDowell was at the improv, and she was hanging out with Anna Gerwich, mm-hmm. who I know. And Anna Gerwich came up and said, you had a good set. And then she introduced me to her friend, Andy McDowell. And she said, this is my friend, Andy. And then Andy shook my hand and said, you had a good set, or whatever she you said. You had a good set. And she was gorgeous. Yeah. And I looked at her and I said, and I watch Groundhog Day every year. And I looked at her and I said, famous. <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, yes. Yeah. And she was very nice about the whole thing. Gracious. And then we parted ways. Well, but it's a, I'm it's so a classic. Glad she's, I'm so glad she's as gracious as she seems. She's super gracious. How long do you think the actions from the film Groundhog's Day take? What do you think the... Oh, what? What do you, how many years do you think Bill oh, Murray's was in the Groundhog Day? Yes. This, we're going to weed off into, into, uh, short weed. Uh, short weed, because it's, a, we're almost at an hour. Yeah, I, I knew we would never lot. get to the third thing. No, we're never getting to any of it. Uh, we're just going to do Labyrinth, and then we'll bring you back to talk about tap dance and the game of chess. So these are other dorkdoms of Virginia Jones, you guys. And, uh, get out there if you have questions about tap dance and chess, the game. And if you have any in- information about Labyrinth that I don't know, go to at Bidinia Donuts. <laughs> Write me. <laughs> Look, Virginia uh, Jones is Virginia uh, Jones. Virginia Jones is a a, a, a realist realtor in Berkeley who is never going to die. <laughs> and this was before all the dot soch edu. Right, cow. you could have couldn't. I, it was only there was TV. I've written her, and I'm like, are you ever going to die? No. Okay. <laughs> all right. She's immortal. And yes. what's happened is uh, because all the yeah the money she's making in fucking Berkeley real estate, right? She's changing her blood every year. Exactly. She's having she's having new teeth installed. She she had okay, her lungs replaced. Day, day. Anyway, so <laughs> Harold Ramis said that yeah. he thought it was a thousand years. Yeah. And um. I thought of that and I was like, that's too long. <laughs> okay. But I don't know. I mean, how long, what would I, to learn how to ice sculpt? Right. And play piano. And play the piano like that. And achieve enlightenment, which is truly what he does. Well, that's what the true thing is. Yeah. That's what the true thing is. How long does that take? Does it take? He had to learn French so he could read the French literature. And, yeah. And it that's, turns out that takes a couple Andy McDowell came, came into that movie enlightened. A right. decent human being. Right. Where did poor her? Where does she go from there? How do you become a better person? And uh, uh, and it's it's Bill Murray. He's got to spend a thousand years yeah. shoveling sand, and and essentially sleeping with everyone he's ever wanted to sleep with, and hitting everyone he's ever wanted to hit. And I mean, they touch on the horrible things right. that a god would do if you were immortal. Um, I've I've read. Uh, I, I usually don't like science fiction about uh, immortality, but there's an amazing series by Cage Baker mm. that speaks of immortality and how you have to give people a task if they're immortal. They have to have a job. Like in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh. Oh, Ego? Yeah. He made um, himself up a task because he, he was going to go crazy. Right. And and he did. Because Ego, the living planet, uh, is crazy. Much like the Collector is crazy. Right. And much like, uh, I forget the name of the guy and what his name, his task was, because it's this, they're all siblings, right? Uh, the Collector, Ego, and uh, the guy who had the planet on uh, Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok. They're all siblings. Oh, right. In okay. the comic okay, books. Okay, okay, okay. Cool. And, um, but he has a name and I forgot what it is. Well, everybody has a name. Every- <laughs> And if you don't, make one up for yourself. Anyway. And in Douglas Adams, there's the guy who's immortal who's decided to insult every uh, c- creature in the Well, that's right. That's his task. In alphabetical order. Because oh, anyone could do it. Just any immortal could do it the regular oh. way. So he's time travel, like space, doing all these huge Space trips, and time travel. Space and time travel to get at everybody. And he has a plan and he has to get them in their lifespan, which is tricky for him. The Cage Baker books, there's people who have tasks 
And there's people who have tasks, but have time also to go mad. And the people who have time to go mad are some of the most evil fucks Mm -hmm. in the, in, in the book, but they're evil, charming. I mean, her, the evil that happens is so casual. Yeah. In the Cage Baker series, the, the, the company series where you're like, Oh, that's real evil. That's not, that's not like evil. Like, like Trump is just sort of petty. Right. And horrible. Right. Short-sighted. Right. But like the real evil is happening by guys like that who are sitting in, they're just sitting alone or with their three other, you know, on a, on a, on a throne of boys. Uh, that's a Matt Weinhold joke. Um, but uh, get Matt Weinhold's album. And uh, so just making decisions about millions of people. Like Trump actually wants to... Uh, stick his fingers into a baby. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you're foul, mm-hmm. but, um, and you're gross, but I think you could be stopped. Right. Cause like, well, that's a good question. How crazy, like how evil can you get in a human lifetime versus an immortality lifetime? I mean, and I've read a lot of vampire books. So I, we're on a different right. page as far as immortality, but that's something that comes up a lot. Like when I was a young goth, I definitely am like, like, yeah, definitely fucking vampire, fucking forever, just fucking fuck. <laughs> and then, and like, uh, uh, and then as dealt with in the Jim Jarmusch film, uh, Only Lovers Left Alive, like, what's interesting about being a vampire? Only like, Lovers? Oh, it's so good. What's it called? Only Lovers Left Alive. Left Alive. Tilda Swinton. Oh, it's a new one. And Loki. I remember. And the guy who played Loki. Yes. Yes. Huddleston? Hiddle- no, Tom, that's... Tim a- Hiddleston. Very, they both make real, real good looking vampires, but, but yeah, they, they're in love, but his thing is music and her thing is reading and they move off and do their things and And then then, they come back together because if you were there just together all the time, you'd go crazy. And they're immortal. And they're immortal. So they can spend three or four years. Like I spend three or four days on the road. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, the, 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 the interesting, that is an interesting question about immortality. Like, what is the point? What is the point? Once you've seen every movie, like, cause you want it for things like you want to have all the time. I want to read all the books. I want to see all the movies. I want to be an expert in everything I've ever wanted to be. I want to groundhog's day it. Yeah. But, but you know, but what is that for? It's yeah. It's a good, it's a good question about what is life for? It's getting deep. It's getting real deep it's here, deep here in, in our final moments. Deep and dark in the forest as, is there, we, are, as we wind up to an end. What's your favorite, uh, you got a favorite vampire series that people might want to read? Man, oh man. I mean, it's old school. I love that Anne Rice. Oh, that Anne Rice. I love that Anne Rice She's, list she's one of the ones. Yeah, she's, she's one, one of the ones. ones. And I, I think she might have been the one. Yeah, and I don't think that, uh, I don't think the Twilight vampires are as sexy. Like, you know, it's like, Edward's like 300 years old and he goes to high school. Like, that's what he wants to do. Right. Why? Why? Being, being a Los Angeles rock star in leather pants. That's what a vampire wants to do. Have you ever read a book called Sharp Teeth? Oh. It's about uh, uh, werewolves and dogs and in Los Angeles. And yes. they want to play Pinochle. And then who, who wrote that one? Can't remember. It's okay. sitting on that shelf. I've definitely heard of it, but I haven't Sharp read it. Teeth. And it's written in, not iambic pentameter, but like some sort of uh, like a... a, a uh, a, a staccato kind of prose, mm. so it's more written in, in poetry. If we're talking sexy vampire books, yeah, my friend Jamia Jefferson writes some good ones. Jamia Jefferson, yeah, check her out. Check she, her out. She works for uh, Dark Horse, but she, on on her own, she makes uh, you know, self publishes sexy, sexy vampire they, they stories. Other people publish it. But, oh, they're they're regular publishers. Yeah, regular books. Regular books. She's good. Uh, Excellent. And um, uh, I know we're going to talk about what I'm reading lately. Let's. I'm going to plow we're, through it. Yeah. Um, I just finished Lindy West's Shrill. Shrill, yeah, I got that. That That's was one. that was hilarious. It's a real good, one. dark and funny, dark and funny, and and kind of over the time. And I'm rereading uh, American Gods to kind of commemorate and, and the TV show and com- accept that the TV show is probably not coming back. Probably not. Well, uh, there it's. I read the book, yeah, because it's set in Wisconsin. Oh sure. And now I'm reading the comic books. Uh, they, they've got a comic book series out and it's actually fascinating. Uh, I'm actually understanding it more oh, <laughs> as good. a comic book. Yep. Simple yeah. woman of the people, you guys, Jackie <laughs> Cation. <laughs> well, it's interesting re- going back and reading it after it's been a show. Cause now it's much more, instead of like just the movie that I oh. made, it's the movie. Like I'm just continuing. I'm like, well, just put that guy there. Oh, that's neat. But yeah, the main actors have left and the showrunner is left. So the odds that it will continue are low, which is too bad. Cause I thought it was really good. 
That is too bad. Yeah. Uh, I am watching the new Star Trek Discovery. Awesome. I have had to purchase an online mm-hmm. subscription to CBS. Wow. So we're going to try to watch them all. Strange new world. Only because I have $6 a month, yeah. but it's the only thing I want to watch on CBS. So how about we do it all now and then we end it. Anyway, uh, you've done vital work, Virginia Jones, being on this television show. You, on March 26th, are doing Hot Tub right here in Los Angeles. Yeah. You can follow you on Twitter at, or just go to bedinia.com to um, find out it, uh, any other sets you're doing and stuff like that. Uh, it has been fascinating. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. All right. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?